be able to take it to that next level. That's what I'm excited about. Throws over the middle, wide open across the five. He's in. Touchdown, Houston. Fires underneath. This is intercepted. Back-to-back possessions with picks for this Texas defense. Takeaway number three on the day. Game day is every day. Five nights a week, the hits keep on coming. Now, it's Texans All Access. That was a very vociferous sound effect. I can't really do it justice. Anyway, good evening, everyone. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Big show tonight. The general will be on because it's what we do on Thursdays. But a very special thing we're doing tonight, which is a visit with the chairman and CEO, Cal McNair. Now, Johnny and I caught up with him a bit earlier. You know, he's been busy at a training camp a ton, watching the team and also spending some special time with the fans in the stands and also cooking burgers and hot dogs and other stuff for them at Cal's cookout yesterday. That was fun. So here's Johnny and I with Cal McNair. Well, with us right now, chairman, CEO, and expert grill master Cal McNair, multifaceted Cal. How was that, by the way? Cooking for the fans, being out there, Cal's cookout. It was a nice sight. Well, it was a lot of fun, but I have to, first of all, apologize that I did not bring a hamburger over to you two guys. So <laughs> that's okay. Sorry about that. Maybe I should have asked what you wanted on your hamburger or. Did you want a hot dog or hamburger? So I really kind of dropped the ball. Next time I grill, I promise, I will okay. bring you guys your choice. It's a thought that counts, Cal. We're very happy with that. But that, I mean, who knew you loved the grill? I mean, just you look pretty comfortable. You're a natural. I mean, is that something you get a chance to do often away from the stadium, away from here? Yeah, it's one of my favorite things to do is to grill. And um, I'll also have a smoker, so I will smoke a brisket or Ooh. ribs or chicken. And then um, grill a steak or a grilled chicken as well. So it's I'm on that a lot. All right. Yeah. All right. So I have one question about that before we get to the football stuff. This is the most important thing, Cal. When you're cooking a steak, when you're grilling a steak, is it okay to make a small incision to see if it's done, if it's my steak? See, I've always had this debate with people about this. Or do you go meat thermometer or pure feel and timing? Uh, I'm a meat thermometer yes. guy. Okay. Thank you. Okay. And if you cut into it, you're letting all the good juices out. All so right. if you want to, if you want a dry steak, feel free to cut into it. <laughs> dry beef jerky. Check it out. <laughs> if you want a really good steak, you'll reverse sear it, okay. which is a lot of fun. But so I, I um, was grilling, and uh, we moved in next to my folks, and so I'd start the grill up, and Dad would open the window and lean out. And uh, he said, "Cow, can you put on a couple steaks for us?" And so it was. It was great fun. Oh, that's but, so um, nice. but they enjoyed the grilling, and I still take some over to mom, and um, so it's a family kind of affair. So at least nice. you and I are on the same side of that meat thermometer thing. Okay. Either that or feel. I'm not cutting into my steak. I'm exactly with right. Cal on that. You don't let the juices out. That's the whole. That's the whole point. All that's right. the whole point uh, of doing that. Cal, this has been. Uh, a really fun few months. Training camp has been really exciting to see um, some of the young players. What has you excited and energized about this particular season, 2022, coming up? Uh, I'm tremendously excited. Um, we've had a lot of changes off the field and on the field, and I'm excited to see how those are going to evolve and um, work together. Uh, we're really focused. I, I know you guys know on the fans this year, yep. mm-hmm. um, including the 
cooking with Cal or grilling with Cal. And <laughs> yeah. uh, the Red Helmet has been a big fan favorite. And mm. the Miller Outdoor Theater was something we wanted to um, challenge our folks and say, let's try to do different things and let's evolve. And uh, let's let's really focus on our fans. So we've been doing that in those areas. And um, I'm really excited to um, and committed to bringing back successful football. We were talking a little bit off air about some games we really liked. And I want to get back to those games yep. and, and our, uh, listening to our fans. That's what they want. And so we're committed to doing that. What do you think of the practices? We've seen you at the practices. You're surveying things, seeing this offense and defense operate. Lovey Smith, year two as a coordinator, but year one as the head coach. Yeah, well, he um, he has a gravitas of being a head coach, and, and the players mm. uh, recognize that. Um, and you can see the other coaches that he's brought in and put together a great coaching staff all really respect him. And I can't wait to see what he does with the defense in year two. Um, that'll progress quite a bit from year one. And I'm excited to see what Pep does on the offensive side with his sort of a West Coast kind of a feel. And that goes back to the quarterback and what the quarterback's familiar with. So I'm excited to see how all that starts clicking here uh, on Saturday, actually. Cal, when the idea of a red helmet came across your desk, we've always had, we've always had the deep steel blue, and somebody says, we want a battle red helmet. What were your initial thoughts, and then from the reaction that you've seen from not only everybody in a building who it seems like 100% is on board with that, it feels like the fans are 100% on board with that battle red helmet. When you saw it, what did you think, and then what do you think about the reaction that people have given to it? I was thinking, are you crazy? We've always <laughs> played in a blue helmet. Yeah. But it's part of our challenge to uh, really challenge everything, and and I applaud our a group who thought of it yep. and brought it forward, and we studied it. Um, different reds and, and whites and blues and blacks and flat colors and just all kinds of different combinations and really felt that this one goes with the uniform combination we're allowed to wear it with. Yep. Um, and I think the players have loved it. The fans have loved it. Um, when I've signed a, a couple autographs after practice, a lot of the fans have bought the little red helmets, yeah. so we're signing red helmets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has been a fan favorite, and I can't wait to trot it out there against Philly. We talked about the grilling, but what about being in the stands? We've seen you in the stands, you and Hannah in the stands with the fans and giving away shirts and things like that. <laughs> what has that been like? And uh, I've seen a couple of your autographs on people's memorabilia helmets, and you sign Cal. So <laughs> people are collecting the signatures. They really enjoy it. Um, my big high watermark is Roy Lopez because it's like everything I've signed, he has already signed it. So <laughs> the guys out there signing everything and uh, interacting with the crowd and just being a wonderful uh, teammate. Um, but uh, w- we've missed the fans. We've missed the fans uh, with the restrictions we've had on game day with fans in the mm-hmm. building and numbers have been restricted and we haven't been able to hold a- open a lot of practices Mm-hmm. And this year we we're able to have a lot of open practices and and have the fans there. And they've come out in uh, big numbers. Uh, you can see and you can feel their passion for the team. And they're excited to be there and uh, excited to watch uh, the players as they progress through this training camp and get ready to play our, our game coming up. Cal, the thought of Nick Casario and Lovey Smith working together. I know Mark and I have talked about this, you know, 
right before it happened, then it happened, and we've watched it evolve. I mean, we've kind of had a ringside seat watching the two of them work together. What are your thoughts about those two and how excited you are about Nick and Lovey working together to bring a winner here? Yeah, that's part of the commitment is bringing those two guys together. We watched them work together last year. Um, Nick is a really good talent evaluator and watching him with his draft classes, which I think uh, you know a whole lot more about it, those players, in, than, yeah. than I do even. But And I'm excited to see the second-year guys yep. and their improvement, and I'm excited to see this current draft class, particularly – how the year progresses and what they are able to contribute to the team will in large part dictate how far we go. Yep. And I'm sad that we're, we've missed uh, our um, wide receiver, John yeah. Mechie, um, but he'll be back next year and he'll be a big contributor then. So Nick is doing a great job building a young roster and then he's accumulated a lot of capital looking forward. That's really exciting and has our cap salary cap in great shape going forward. So the future is really bright. I'm excited about this year, but the future is really, really bright for us. And, uh, again, Lovey Smith is really an accomplished coach, coached in the Super Bowl, won Coach of the Year. He won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator, so he knows how to win. He knows how to get these players playing with a lot of heart and a lot of hustle, and that's what I think you're going to see on the field. Um, and as he says, uh, show up and show out. Yep. And he's getting his players to do that. And he's challenging the fans to come on out to show up and show out as well and be part of it. Um, I know uh, we're going to be there and we're going to be loud. And I'm excited to watch this team as it progresses. You know, along the lines of fans and being in the building, Cal, I know this offseason did some loyalty rewards for fans, for season ticket members, 60,000-plus season ticket members already. That is a nice number. Can you speak to that a little bit? Because I know you have fan friendly pricing on some things in the stadium. It's going to be a lot of fun to be at NRG starting Saturday. Well, fans are the heart of our new direction, and that's we've been studying the data and the feedback from the fans. In most places, they're increasing prices. Mm-hmm. It's, um, but we took a look, a look at uh, four or five or six of the things our fans buy the most of, and we reduced the price of it. And so our idea is to uh, help the fans come here and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We've reimagined the season ticket member benefits and given them some other things that they can do in order to um, enhance that experience. Um, you know, it's just the Miller Outdoor Theater was a great experience for the fans. And those type of things are all, you know, new things and things we're challenging our executives to um, try, try new things and, and uh, not be afraid. Some of them may not work. Mm-hmm. But uh, some of them are working, and uh, like you mentioned, 60,000 season ticket members is a great start, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get some more before our first game on 9-11 against the Colts. Cal, you bring up 9-11 against the Colts. We've talked to Lovey. He seemingly has that one circled, too. Mark and I have talking about preseason games. I mean, there have been some years where you're like, okay, let's get through the preseason games and get to regular season one. I told Mark I'm as excited about game one of the preseason because we have a younger team how do you how do you do you get excited about preseason games? You want to just get through it or how do you feel about this one in particular coming up on Saturday against the Saints? I think I'm the wrong guy to ask cuz I get excited about free agency, I get excited <laughs> about the draft, I get Everything, excited I about when OTAs start, yeah. get excited about the start of uh, training camp, 
I'm tremendously excited to see these guys go play against a team in a different uniform. Yeah. And, and no matter if it's um, you know preseason or regular season, it's a lot of fun and a lot of excitement. And it has different phases yep. of it. And this is a great phase of where we are in our program. But it, and it leads all up to this ind- game against Indy. But mm. but this is a great step and an exciting step for uh, for us to be a part of and see. See, Johnny Johnny knows not to ask me that question because I've written oh, articles like the top five moments in preseason history yeah, with the I Houston mean, Texans and things like that. So You think we, I like the draft, Cal? He'll write about preseason games <laughs> just course. as much. Yes, we, we get to do the game. All right, Cal, uh, we were talking about this. So other than playoff games, playoff game atmosphere, or say opening night against Dallas, Give me a game or two that really stands out to you in Texans' memories of a great home field, atmosphere, big win, whatever the case may be, something that really jumps out at you. Not not playoffs. Not playoffs. And not opening night against the Cowboys September 8, 2002. Opening night against, well, one of my favorite games was a game we um, beat Indy here. Mm-hmm. And we had Ronnie Dane, as I remember. First time we beat the Colts. First time we beat the Colts. And they could not stop him. Yeah. In our yeah. O line after the game, they said the defensive line was telling us, stop running the ball. You're <laughs> killing us. But they just could not stop Ronnie Dane. And it was that stretch play that, um, you know, the line was really well coached at. Yep. We had a good line. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they couldn't stop him. So uh, that was really, really memorable because they had beaten us a few times before that. A so few times. It was really memorable. A few times. Yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Opening against them, that's special. Because we've done it twice before opening against them, and we've won both times. So mm-hmm. that's going to be fun to play them here. September oh, really? 11th. Yeah, because you have the 10 game and the 11 game. But that was, those are the only two times. But it's special to open up against a division opponent, right? Oh, totally. And, and I have a lot of respect for the ownership. Mm-hmm. And the coach is a great coach. Uh, they lost a defensive coordinator that's really a talented coach. He's up um, with Bears. With the Bears yep. now. So we'll see him in Chicago. Week yeah. Three? We'll three. 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 Mm-hmm. So there'll be some changes uh, that they're going through. And so it'll be interesting to see what kind of team um, they're going to have. But, you know, uh, they like to wear white a lot, but white's going to be our, our color that game. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll own that. And it'll be a Liberty White game. And it's it'll be fun to open up against them. They're great. They they're a really good organization, and I look forward to playing them. Okay, we were talking about the red helmet before. We've ar- we've argued this a little bit. Now okay. we know the NFL rules don't allow this, but battle wi- or uh, Liberty White <laughs> with the white helmet. Your thoughts? White helmet. White, white helmet. helmet. I know we can't do helmet. it. I know we can't do I would it. Go, look, if they would let Liberty us do anything. Liberty White with the white helmet. I would say red helmet because we have them in stock, but they won't even let you do that, I guess, no. Cal. But I'm just thinking, I'm thinking forward. I am thinking progressively. For I am fearlessly <laughs> evolving by asking about a white helmet. Because it's the one your dad held up was the white helmet. So we all thought, well, they're going to have white helmets. But I'm saying if you could do it full white, white jersey, white pants, white helmet. White socks, white shoes. <laughs> Everything. Let's go. Everything. Let's go. I love, I love it. it. Lack of white television. (laughs) (laughs) It could happen. It could happen. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm just just the idea guy here, Cal. That's all. I like it. Cal, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck this season. We really look forward to it. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait, and I appreciate the job you guys do uh, day in and day out, uh, reaching out to the fans and doing a great job for us. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we love what we do, and great to have Cal McNair 
on the program. So great. So uh, that was a good visit, Johnny. It really was. Yeah, it was fun. I, I, you know, I, I understand you lobbying for your uniform combinations. And I'm just throwing like it out there. I mean, yeah, I did, you're throwing it out there. I just wanted to see because that was mm-hmm. the helmet that Mr. McNair held up back in, what was it, 2000? He held up a white yep. a white helmet. And I and when I said I understand the rules, they're, the NFL has set out, they've set out and put out rules for your uni- your alternate helmet. It has to match a jersey combination that you're going to have. So the other day, the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen went out and he had a red jersey on, and he had a red Buffalo Bills helmet. Oh, and the place went nuts. But they can't do it. That's not an alternate jersey color, so it can't be the alternate helmet color, so they can't wear it. But why? It still looks like the Bills. It'll change. It'll change. It'll change. Yes. It'll please. change. Nike will. You have to wait years to do different just, things like just this. Just let Nike work on the NFL a little bit, and, and the then fans the, love it. Yes, All they've right. lo- I, Mark, I have never seen anything more universally accepted in this city, other than Andre going into the Ring of Honor, than the red helmet, than the red helmet. Universally accepted. John McClain is universally accepted. He joins us right now in the program. General, good evening. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I think it's such a crock that teams can't do what they want. You get a new helmet like that, it's universally popular. Why can't you wear it? You know, why does the NFL not let you do it? Because of money, because they do what the companies like Nike decide. But you're right, that red helmet has met with universal approval by every person, even people that hate the Texans in the AFC South or don't care about the Texans. They love that helmet. General, the Giants are playing the Patriots right now, currently up 3 nothing. and Daniel Jones and company had a decent drive. They got into the red zone but stalled, had to settle for a field goal. Uh, the game of interest to me because the Giants are on the Texans' schedule. The Patriots were from 2015 through last year, but they are not this season. Your thoughts on the Giants, Daniel Jones, how he's going to be in that Dable offense. It's funny because I saw the ESPN hot take machine this morning rolling, and they had the question underneath. The sound was off on the TV in the cafeteria, but the question was, can Brian Dable turn Daniel Jones into Josh Allen? And it's a pretty easy answer, no. But what can he do with him? Well, first of all, with all due respect to you, Mark, there's not a damn thing that happens in the first preseason game that's going to have anything to do with Daniel Jones in the regular season. Now, Jones is a make-or-break year for him. He's got new bosses, new GM. Both have to have a pretty darn good season to get them to re-sign him. Otherwise, they're going to be in the market for another quarterback. And you guys know how it is. Offensive coach comes in like Brian Dayball, and they want his own guy. And next year is going to be, everybody says, a great draft for quarterbacks. So I'm guessing Jones this season is auditioning for a job with another team. I think that's absolutely true. John, the quarterback on the other side is not playing tonight, and it's Mac Jones. This has nothing to do with the preseason game. But the uh, the skinny coming out of – New England Patriots camp is that the offense has struggled badly throughout this camp. Mack did very well as a rookie, but now he's dealing with a first-time offensive play caller, no true offensive coordinator. Does this in any way, shape, or form foreboding for Mac Jones that he doesn't have a great year because of all that he's dealing with? And in fact, I don't even know if the offensive skill players around him are all that good. 
How do you project Mac Jones this year in this Patriots system in year two? John, if you go back to the end of last season, Davis Mills outplayed him down the stretch. I did a column in the Chronicle comparing their statistics, everything going on. Uh, Mac Jones benefited from a top five running game and a top five defense. I don't know if they can still do that. You know, how much had to do with Josh McDaniels and other coaches left with him. And I'm not saying Miami's going to overtake them to finish second behind the Bills, but it's not out of the realm of possibility because some guys have the sophomore slump. And Jones was the best overall rookie quarterback last season. But I'm eager to see when the season starts, does he turn around the way he finished? Or does that finish continue into this year? A lot of that has to do with the way they run the ball and play defense. But he had advantages in those two areas that Davis Mills did not. So I think Jones is going to be better. How much better? Nobody knows because it depends on so much on the weapons around him. But with all those changes, that's usually not good for a quarterback in his second season trying to take that next big step. John, the Texans trade for Shaheen went awry when he failed the physical and he goes back to the Miami Dolphins. Reports broke on that today. Your thoughts on what they're going to do tight end-wise now that that didn't follow through uh, will they wait to see who gets cut? Will they pursue another one via trade? Former Chronicle reporter Cameron Wolf, who went, who covered the Dolphins for the uh, ESPN and now works for the NFL Network, broke that story today that he'd failed his physical. And with a knee issue, he hadn't missed any time in camp with the Dolphins, but you know how some doctors are. All doctors don't agree. And it's obvious that the Texans doctors – it told Nick Casario they wouldn't pass him, and he said, okay, the trade was off. And what she did was block. They still need a blocking tight end. And uh, Brevin Jordan's a receiver. And <laughs> Farrell Brown, I still love that quote. His agent told him blocking tight ends make the minimum. And that's one of the most honest quotes I've ever seen. But he's still their blocker. And so I, if he wanted – if Nick Casario wanted a blocking tight end, I'm pretty sure there's going to be quite a few available, and I believe that he will bring another one in. All right, General, I want your gut reaction to the sentence I'm about to read to you right now from one. Well, I'm not even going to tell you who it came from today. Well, yeah, I am. It's Antonio Brown. He said today that watching himself would be like, and I quote, watching the Beatles or Jesus perform at Red Rocks, your gut reaction? Uh, nutcase. Okay. That was that was pretty quick yeah, and to the point. Yeah, very much so. No doubt about that. Does he ever play in the NFL again? Oh, my God, Mark. Are you kidding me? If he wants to watch himself play and have an out-of-body experience, go to the USFL or the XFL and watch yourself play some more. Did you ever think Josh Gordon would get another shot? Well, he's not a nutcase. You know, he well, had a disease. And so I truthfully, after he'd been suspended maybe the first 50 times, no. But every time he came back, he was one of the, the best or one of the best receivers on his team. And so I hope that he's able to finish his career. I, I don't even know if he's turned 30 yet, but. You know, Antonio Brown, I thought it was funny when he listed all of his transgressions 
Not all of them. <laughs> yeah. He would have needed a lot more space on Twitter yeah. to list them all. But he put all those things out there he did, including throwing rocks at a delivery guy, which cost him money. And then having that quote about the Beatles and Jesus. And it's gotten a lot of run, as most of the stuff involving him does. But uh, give me, give me uh, Josh Gordon over Antonio Brown any day of the week. John McClain joining us. It's a Thursday night, and that's why we have him on Thursday Night Fun. Hey, uh, Stephen Ross down in Miami. Obviously, he's been in the news a lot, and I guess now he's not going to pass the team over to Bruce Beal like he originally intended. Is there a mess brewing down there, a la the Denver Broncos, as far as ownership and the handing off of uh, the franchise from one person to another? Well, that's a good thing because the other guy's been suspended too from uh, from doing some stuff. I mean, he's the one that was really close with Brady. So I, I let a, read a long profile of Ross and all the things he has done in his career to help minorities and underprivileged. And then it was all going great for him till he hosted a fundraiser for Trump and his players spoke out and said he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. But he really did a lot of good things and put in hundreds of millions of dollars. And you know an owner who gets spanked by the commissioner is not going to want that to be the last thing people think about him. So I'm sure he'll do his time. I think, isn't he like 82 years old, something like that? He'll do his time and then come back, and his team has made so many changes. You know, even though he wanted Brady over to he wanted Watson over to now he wants Justin Herbert over to and But, you know, he wants to see how this is going to play out with the new coach. And I think they're going to be a very interesting team, and there's not many players under more pressure than Tua Tungvaluwa, who Tyreek Hill has called the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. After you know, Tua watched just games and games and games of tape of Tua Tungvaluwa to make a, a claim like that. All right, so I've been super busy getting ready for the opener, like we all have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just saw a tweet, and I just I, now I lost it, but it was Tom Brady. Oh, yeah, Brady has been miserable at training camp. I mean, I don't know if we believe this or not, and he's taken a little, like, mm. few days off, personal reasons. I don't know what it is. I don't want to speculate. But you don't think that it could possibly be something like, Oh, let it I'm, be. I'm just not feeling it, let it anymore. Be. I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. At some point, it's going to happen. Or maybe he's just retiring from training camp. Maybe he's yeah, just retiring from, like the general retired from the Chronicle. He's yeah. doing everything else. He just retired from the Chronicle. Brady is retiring from training camp. So Brady will do the games from the radio booth. No, he won't because he's going to be on Fox eventually. Anyway, go on, General. First thing, I when I saw that, I thought family problem. His mother's battled cancer. Yeah, his yeah. parents are in their yeah. 70s. You never know what's going on with his kids and his wife. I don't think he'd just take a vacation to go hang out on a yacht in the middle of mm-hmm. camp. Brady is a competitive guy. You know, he is he is all about perfection, and it starts in practice. So I don't think people are speculating he wanted to take a vacation. Well, he had the whole offseason to take a vacation, and you have to be careful about making jokes about it because you never know when it could be serious. Now, Jason Light, the GM, said they've known about this since Brady came back. 
and they got a lot of other issues bigger than this, and he'll be back. Now, Todd Bowles, the first-year coach who took over for Bruce Arians, he was more cryptic, saying like they expect him back for the first game. So um, usually something like this that you know everybody in the country is going to be talking about, you would say what it is. And that's why I wonder if it's some kind of health issue. You hope it's not. Yep. All right, General. We appreciate the time as always. Thank you. And we look forward to hearing you tomorrow afternoon with the guys, Ron and Clint. I'll be there. And then I will be on the pregame show Saturday night before the Saints. Thank you guys very much. All right. Thank you, General. When you hear the General on the pregame show, it's on, baby. Let's go. Seven o'clock Saturday night. Looking forward to it. Who's better? We're playing it next here on Texans Radio. To be able to take it to that next level. More Texans Radio is on the way. Ashley is proud to call Houston home. We believe your personal style makes your house a home. Discover incredible styles, selection, and quality at a price to fit any budget. Ashley has just the looks and options you need. Explore totally different styles and trends all in one place. Finding the perfect furniture and home decor makes it easy for you to create a home you love to live in. We have 12 Houston area locations to serve you. Ashley, proud partner of the Houston Texans. Texans Radio is back. It is. And Johnny and I are in the Hyundai Texans Radio studio at NRG with the team about to practice in the bowl, do a little game simulation stuff. Ooh, ooh, wait a second. What? Does that mean that I get to catch up with Lovey during halftime of practice? No, you don't. He doesn't want to practice that. Oh, come on. He feels like that's going to go very smoothly no matter what. Okay, I'm cool with that. All right. I know you'd like to. But they stand over there just in case they want to do a true simulation at halftime it, it would be true that way uh by the way yeah they tested all the equipment today the radio gear is working great i know the whole audience was hanging on their edge of their seats for that information an audience of one sitting over here giants leading the patriots three nothing titans are playing the ravens tonight i don't think they've kicked off yet and no, uh, yet. here is a uh, little action with the patriots in the red zone and Hoyer just made a nice throw. He also made an iffy throw. Let's play who's better, Johnny. You ready? I'm ready. Who's the better backup right now, Hoyer or Dalton? Dalton from Roadhouse, who we will see on Saturday night. Andy, Andy. Dalton. However, I will say this about Brian Hoyer. Undrafted. This is year number 14 wow. in the league. 14. Imagine collecting backup money for 14 years. Started, you know, here in 2015. Started for the Browns that year in 2014. And was really kind of had the Browns going in the right direction. Until the Texans. Until the Texans and Ryan Mallett came to town. And then it just went sideways from from that situation. And it was such a compelling afternoon. We had to put them together the yeah. following year. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. It didn't work out as well as planned. Although you did go to the playoffs, but you did it largely without them. Yeah, I I think Andy Dalton would be the would be the guy. And we'll see Saturday night. I mean, Hoyer's still slinging. I mean, he just threw a really nice deep ball to Christian Wilkinson, wide receiver for the Patriots. But Hoyer's got that power pad. I've always said that. You always knew when he was throwing the ball. Because right before he threw it, he get that last quick does pat. That? On the, oh yeah, oh he totally does. But fourteen years in the league. But I'm gonna say Andy Dalton. Okay, who's better in terms of the more surprising retirement? 
Andrew Luck third quarter of the preseason game in 2019, the third preseason game. So it was the second half of the third preseason yes. game. Or if Brady decides to retire right now. He left Bucks camp, personal reasons. Hope everything's okay health-wise, of course. But a lot of people are speculating. So I'm just throwing it out there. If it happens, more surprising retirement. What Luck did or what Brady might do? Luck. Totally. Because, because he's still in the prime. Because Luck was coming off a year in 2018 that he lit everybody up. And it really started against us in that week four game. He threw it 62 times. Now, they went back and they balanced things out, and I think that's what helped him. But he had his, I think, his best statistical year in 2018. And if you listen to the the, uh, Luck podcast that Zach Kiefer put together for The Athletic, it's very, very good. But it was this calf injury. It was like this weird calf injury. Nobody could really kind of get a handle on it, and he just was like, I've had enough. I got the you-know-what beat out of me for years. I'm tired of rehabbing. I'm done. But because he was coming off such a great year. Now, Brady would have been coming off a great year in 2021 statistically. He was outstanding. It was like 5,400 yards. Yeah. Statistically, he was great. Fantastic. And once he decided to come back, you figured, all right, this is it. But he had retired, kind of. So when he came back, really I always, believe that. I've always been out of a mindset that if you, if you quit once, it makes it easier to quit again. And I should say you used the word quit. But interesting. I always think it's easier... To do that, and I'm not saying that he's doing that, but Giselle's been after him for years, years. I think she landed him. Oh, you meant something else? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. she's been after him to stop playing for oh, years. Okay. So who knows what what impact she has? What whether? And that was the first thing I thought of was wondering whether Brady's mom was okay. That was the first yeah, thing I yeah, thought of because had she had been dealing with cancer. She was she had cancer in 2016 season i believe it was well i hope she's okay so, I hope it's not a health thing. right exactly and that was that was my that was my thought but brady strikes me and has always struck me as come hell or high water he is there with his guys in training camp in practice whatever you name it the only reason that he didn't go apparently the offseason to the patriots the last couple of years he was there was he was trying to make that thing all work out financially all that now he gets to tampa bay i i don't know Maybe he's had thoughts of, well, maybe I should have done this. I got the 45. Maybe he's feeling it. Who knows? Who knows what he's going through right now? But more surprising still would be Andrew Luck. Okay. Who's better? Harder place to play, Foxborough or Arrowhead? And I'm going to go Foxborough five years ago. Not now. Oh, Foxborough. I mean, Arrowhead is crazy loud. But there's just, there's so, just something weird. About that place. I mean, we've gone to Arrowhead and played well. I mean, 2019, the regular season game, we went in. I mean, for six quarters of the 2019 season, uh, seven. Well, no, I should say five quarters and four minutes. <laughs> we dominated those fools. Yeah, we dominated them. But it was over the last, you know, two quarter, two and three yeah, quarters. Didn't score more quarters. than one more touchdown. Yeah, um, Foxborough just never worked out. This just never the worked. The run out the Chiefs went on was all. fifty-one to seven. Yeah, no. That's, okay, that's, that's, I'll stop no, there. No. But yeah, but in that Fox regular Burrow. season game, they possessed the ball. The Texans possessed the ball for over thirty-nine minutes. It feels like going to Arrowhead. Going to Arrowhead, I, I I've always felt confident in going to Arrowhead, and I, we've been there in the regular season. For me, I've only been there in regular season nineteen in the playoffs, but. 
I just felt like there was not quite that aura of going to Arrowhead as there was going to Foxborough. Like, uh, it's the haunted house on the hill, man. When you so pull up bad. to that place, especially for a prime timer and the fog and oh, the mist and Sherlock and the Holmes. The child is screaming at you in an oh, accent. Oh, oh man. Oh, it's, it's awful. That, forget it. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Foxborough. All right. That's that's a good answer. I mean, Arrowhead is very tough, but I'll take it, Johnny. All right. How did the Patriots get their touchdown, by the way? Uh, Hoyer game? threw to, and this is why we needed McLean. He threw to Tyquan Thornton. The speedy rookie from out of Baylor. He tried to Hoyer tried and to McClain hit. McClain was poo-pooing the I, preseason. I know. Hoyer tried to hit Thornton on a deep ball. And as I'm watching, I'm watching the corner just hang on for dear life against Thornton because he ran 4-2-3 or 4-2-1 at the combine. Just absolutely can smoke. Here's the thing. They have Mac throwing the ball. I mean, tonight it's Hoyer, but they have Mac. Mac's not known for the the strong arm. I mean, yeah. that's not his that's not his thing. But that's a guy they'll be able to stretch fields with for sure. But quarterbacks have got to understand how to throw that guy. Like it's a three step, and you let it go. Like there's no padding it. There is no time. You throw it, and you throw it to a spot you don't think he can get to, because that guy can run and go get it. He's explosively fast. So he got a touchdown on the back of the end zone. Patriots up seven three. All right, so NFL Network is pumping this Rolling Stones documentary as if Charlie Watts is still alive. He's not alive. It's on Epics. Okay. Anyway, who's better? Last one here. This is a pure speculative situation. Okay. We're going to go to both stadiums this year, one in the preseason, one in the regular season. Mm -hmm. What's the better stadium in your predictive mind, SoFi or Allegiant? So the Rams home or the Raiders home, which is the better stadium, you think? I watched, I don't want to call them documentaries, but I call I watched uh, features on the on how both of them were constructed, and I, I just was really into like what those stadiums are going to be and how they were going to look and and all that. I was in so the really neat things about both of them, but I think SoFi, if it's hot in LA, which it could be. If it's hot in L.A., it might be hot inside because I don't believe they they didn't build that thing with A.C. What? It's just whoa, 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 whoa. like the, the mezzanine level is wide open. So the so the breeze goes through. Yeah, what? It, I'm, I'm not joking. It's it's going to be a, it, when it's when it's rough weather. There's an opportunity for SoFi to. But I'm going to say Allegiant because it's the Raiders. Everything's silver and black. It's just it screams it's NFL and NFL history. It's Vegas, but they've got the torch um, that I, I think is really cool because they celebrate the history of Al Davis and the Raiders, and that's just NFL history to me. I'm most excited to go to SoFi, but it's not so much about SoFi as it is just Los Angeles. But I think I'm more excited to see Allegiant because it's the Raiders. Okay, high of 87 next Friday, low of 68. Should be okay. Mm, 87 maybe. in L.A. is kind of warm, though. Oh, so, yeah, that's salty. They, they will be mad about that. They'll be the, mad. The Los, okay. Angel, Los Angelinians. All right, we'll see how it goes. Another bit of speculative work you have to do next, and that is imagining how a certain quarterback who could be and should be and really is on the market would do in a certain place if they need him. Was that vague enough? Yes. We'll set that up for you next here on Texans Radio. Texans Radio continues in a moment. It's time to amp up the fun. Now, during the Ford Summer Supercharged Sales Event. Just move on up. Get great offers on select Ford vehicles, and you'll not only bring back the fun, you'll supercharge it. So stop by the Summer Supercharged Sales Event at your Ford dealer and discover how Ford can take your summer to a whole new level. 
not all models, trims, or features may be available. Contact your dealer for information. Just move on. Back to the show that keeps you plugged in with the Houston Texans. Stay with Sports Radio 610 all day long, all night long, wherever you are, Odyssey app. And when we're on Odyssey app or the Texans app, live radio on the Texans app, and all your ticket information that you need as well, it's really something that should be surgically attached to your body. Not the app, I guess just your phone, which is anyway. And you just go into the app and you live your life. Anyway, Johnny, so there was a report that Cleveland, yes. if they needed to, would pursue Garoppolo maybe. How about that for being vague? Would that be a good idea for them? I just want to know how that fit would be with Jimmy G playing near Lake Erie. I mean, he's so not a Cleveland-type guy, you would think, but he did go to Eastern Illinois. He did. And he, dealt with, uh, he dealt with elements while yeah. he was there. I, th- I think Jimmy would be fine. Okay. I think Jimmy would be fine in that offense. But, I, I mean, fine. I mean, he would be uh, he'd be a good burger and fries. All right, I mean, good burger and fries is good. I mean, he's he's not gonna be. You it's know, not like a not real be gourmet the tomahawk steak. Yeah, yeah, it's not a gourmet burger. Either. Cal got me thinking about food. Oh, I know. He's talking about all the food and the brisket and the cooking. Dad mean, asking for steaks through the window. I, that Damn, oh, that man. scene, I gotta say, I, I, that, I that. wanted to just stop the interview right there and yeah. say, "Listen, I gotta reflect on this for a yeah. moment." Bob McNair. Calling out the window, hey, put on a couple of steaks. And, you know, it made me miss him. And a lot of things make me miss him because he was so compelling and, and he was wonderful. to. I, he always just brightened up a room and just made you feel great when you saw him down the hallway. You know, there are two games. This week. We were talking about that the other day in environments, you know, NRG. And we always think of the loud, intense and all that kind of stuff. A couple of games that we forget. Number one is the Monday night game, the one that Lamar went 97 mm-hmm. uh, the weekend after Mr. McNair had passed away. That night was hugely emotional. It was. It was a tough building to be in, but the way the guys responded that night and just celebrating his life and what he did for the city of Houston was incredible. But the next year, on Founders Day against the Falcons, we put up 53, and it was just... Yeah. It was really fun to watch all day, just really going at it, and of course celebrating his life at halftime was. Those, those environments were different because there was so much emotion involved in that because of what Mr. McNair and, and obviously Mrs. McNair brought to sit, brought back to the city of Houston. Obviously, what what the uh, McNair family carries forward. But those two nights were, boy, wow! That Falcons game. Oh. I mean, both games, there's pressure to win. Oh, you have so man. much more yes. pressure than usual to win. And with the Titans, what was the deficit, Johnny? Was it 10 nothing or something like it was that? 10 nothing. Taylor Luan was taunting the crowd over by the Southwest Tunnel. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, the Texans opened a can of you-know-what on them, and that yeah. was it. it and was, it was Lamar, with the 97-yard run just came out of nowhere. It just... A handoff from your three. That could be a two-yard gain. And, okay, yeah. all right, load up. Second down, was it second down or first down? Whatever first it was. Down. It was a it was first, first down, down play. DT had a couple touchdowns. And you want to talk about something that I was not expecting. You don't expect anybody to go 97. But your call is the best, though. Your call. It was my favorite call I've ever your made. Your call, and I, and I feel bad. I never heard I never heard it. I didn't hear it originally. I was celebrating. I was running down the other end because it was 97 yards. I got to get down there for the extra point and all that. I didn't hear it until I'm putting replay together the next day, and I hear the call, and I I got this lump in my throat like, 
Oh, man. And I, I mean, I had to stop for two minutes because I'm just like, holy smokes. Because I knew how emotional that game was. And Demarius yeah. Thomas, that was his first game. There was a lot going on that night. That was Demarius Thomas's first game for the Texans at home. At home. Because we wow. played at Denver. That was his first one at home. That was that was a wild that was What a, a wild year night. that was. That was a great winning streak. Yep. Anyway, this year starts preseason-wise Saturday night at 7. We'll have a show tomorrow, so we'll have a little Lovey Smith for you. Andre Ware visits. It's going to be a lot of fun to get you ready on game day eve as the Texans take on the Saints Saturday night tickets at HoustonTexans.com and the Texans app. Thank you very much, Chris, for producing. Thank you to Cal McNair for being on, John McClain for being on. Thank you, Johnny. Have a great night, everyone, and go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car.